The views and opinions expressed in the Hide and Seek podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views, positions, or opinions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Most of you know me from the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. Do you enjoy the Hide and Seek podcast? Would you like to show your support? Head over to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can interact with us as well as share your thoughts, ideas, and theories on this season's episodes by joining the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The following podcast may contain strong language and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, on the last episode of Hide and Seek, you heard from the Pablo Escobar of Sturgis, also known as Zach Kaner. Kaner's reputation in the area may have contributed to his name being thrown in the ring just 38 days after Brittany is reported missing. He was almost an easy target. When you're involved in illegal activity, you're not going to break bread with law enforcement and call attention to yourself, especially if you have a few of them in your back pocket, like you heard Kaner claim. When Kaner is called up to the plate, he comes out swinging. He shows law enforcement his Google takeout as proof of his whereabouts the night of November 30th. He doubles down and takes a polygraph and passes. He's serious about proving his innocence. I think it's fair to say Kaner can sit on the sidelines of our suspect board. But he was able to offer up information that may be useful to us. Kaner tells me about a deal between James, his old roommate, and JJ 2.0 that took place in the garage of a home he shared with on Mechanic Street. He alleges that JJ 2.0 shows up with a woman at their house one night offering to sell his roommate James a knife. Kaner believes the woman could have been Brittany. After Brittany disappears, Kaner claims James quickly gets rid of the knife. Kaner goes on to tell me about a house where he heard women were being drugged and raped. This is a serious allegation and something I think that could be important to look at further. So I asked Kaner for details. He provides me the name of a female victim who agrees to speak with me while I'm back in Sturgis. Also in the last episode, Sarah and I finished going over the data download of Brittany's Facebook account. There were a few takeaways. We see that Brittany searched herself several times. Why would she do this? Could it have been a way to prepare for what prospective employers would see if they searched her? Or maybe have been a way to monitor what was being posted on those accounts? Next, we saw Brittany removing many people from her friends list. Among the people removed were Bowman, his cousin Tiffany, Pocket, Eric, and Ashley. On December 3rd, 2018, we see a message from a Facebook user who says, What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm wondering, who sends this kind of negative message at such a critical time? We also see messages from Sheldon, 
her sister, and a former PI in training under the name Matthew Joseph. These three messages all arrive within minutes of one another on July 8, 2019, when people begin to notice that Brittany's account is active more than eight months after she disappears. If you recall, the data download of Brittany's account is done by Ashley at 4.54 p.m. on July 9, 2019. We hear the professional opinion of David, the IT professional who spent many hours with us going over the details of Brittany's Facebook account. In this statement, he tells us he felt the account activity that begins on July 7th with the password change at 7.28 a.m. and ends on July 9th is all done from the same Android 9 model number ending in 960U. James, I would find it very unlikely that someone else with the same provider, very similar IP address, with the same model of phone on the same days would be accessing the same Facebook account based off of the trending information and all the reports between the dates of July 7th through July 9th, 2019. All of those factors together are what form my opinion of an unlikely series of events. Considering David's professional opinion, I'm left with just one last thought. Knowing a data download from such a new account with little activity would be a fairly quick process why was Ashley in Brittany's account for three days if she was just trying to preserve her friend's account activity by doing the data download? When it comes to transparency, Ashley virtually demands it from those around her. But we don't see her messages with Brittany. So why don't the same rules of transparency apply to her? We're constantly looking at ways to maximize the use of our suspect board. We've moved pictures around, we look for patterns and connections, and we filter out those who we can confirm have no place here. There are very few times when this job is simple. The elevator to success is usually out of order, so to achieve it, you must always use the stairs. Rarely are there occasions when what you need is placed in your lap. In fact, it hasn't happened this season, until now. So your last name is McWaters, right? First name, Saudi? Clarence McWaters, my real name. And, and Saudi's just a nickname that I've been by my whole life. In case you didn't catch it, this is Clarence McWaters, a.k.a. Saudi. We heard about Saudi in episode 10, when Glide mentions his possible involvement at the property owned by Don Hill. In the same episode, you heard Sarah and I confirm the plans for a GPR to be done at this property. Now, Glide isn't the only one to mention Saudi's possible involvement. It's another one of those whack-a-mole rumors we talked about before. His name has popped up over and over. And while I won't go into details, what I've heard about Saudi has been disturbing. This opportunity presenting itself seems like a good time to address those concerns. Especially since Saudi came to me on his own. I'm surprised by that, but eager to listen. So yeah, I wanted to obviously speak to you about the Brittany Shank Wallace case. Uh, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with it. Yes, yes. 
I talked to a detective in Indiana when I was in the LaGrange County Jail. And I told him, you know, I'd be willing to take a lie detector test, uh, whatever, to clear my name. I don't know anything about it. You know, I've heard heard a lot, in the, and I've been around the whole town my whole life, so I, I probably know things that could help out. Maybe I would, I would imagine. I've never been interviewed besides when I requested it in the Indiana County Jail. So I don't know why they never interviewed me. Did they? What did they? Well, when they questioned you, what did they question you about? Well, well, what what happened was, uh, I'm, I'm sure you heard of J.J. Fox. Yeah. He had uh, spilled my name out, tried to throw me under the bus. So, so uh, a state cop had called my mother and asked her about me. And she said, no way would he ever do anything like that. So when she told me that, then I, I requested that I talk to that detective in the LaGrange County Jail. I just told him everything I knew, you know, what, what, uh, what I knew about it. So it you, wasn't like they, they come and pulled me out or anything. I had requested it. Really? Yeah. So that's interesting. Cause that's, I think that's something obviously a lot of people haven't, at least I've never heard that before is that you had actually inquired and asked them to come to you because you had heard about it and yeah, yeah. your name got dragged into this because of, uh, my name has been dragged into this because of mystique. Eric Glide and J.J. Botch. That's how I got drugged into this crap. So, Did you know Brittany? No, I never met her in my life. And and I tried to uh, I tried to figure out who she was when when all this was happening, and I I still couldn't. I, I I even talked to her mother. I don't know if you heard that even, but I even talked to her mother. When did you when did, when did you her, speak to I'm her? Sorry, uh, that that huh? When did you speak to her? The mother? Yeah. Jessica. I don't know. That would, that would have been probably, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five months after she disappeared. You know, another thing that, that could probably just exonerate me all the way through this, I believe that I was in the county jail when it happened. On November, I really do. November 30th, 2018? Is that when it happened? Yeah. Yeah, right. I I believe I was in jail at that time. Okay, you what's know? your uh? What jail would you have been in? I would have been in the Saintville County Jail. Okay. In Centerville, Michigan. Do you know what for? My sister uh, had reported her car stolen. Said I stole her car. She was she was drunk. They threw it out later, but I had to spend thirty days in jail while they threw it out. Saudi tells me the only reason Brittany's case hits his radar is because detectives reach out to his mother in an attempt to get information on him. Saudi tells me he's never met Brittany and he doesn't even know what she looks like. He goes as far as reaching out to law enforcement on his own and offers to take a polygraph to prove his innocence. We hear Saudi tell us Jessica reached out to him in her own investigation, similar to how she reached out to Chuck. Saudi willingly spoke to her and even made the move on his own to reach out to one of the detectives who worked on Brittany's case. What's to say about Jessica? And what's to say about Saudi? You'll have to decide. I, I, had, uh, I had tried to even talk to uh, Chad Spence. Uh-huh. He was like the head detective in, in Centerville. 
Yeah. I had requested to talk to him, and, and, and he had never even got a hold of me. I really believe that Eric had something to do with that. I, I went to, and I would take a polygraph test of this, too, to, to, to show that I'm telling the truth. John told me yesterday that he said that I, I, I asked him for some rookies or something. Could he take a polygraph test to say that, that I asked that? Because I would take one and say it never happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. I believe that guy, I believe Eric is the one who did that. I really do. You say Eric, you're referring to Glide, right? What's that? When you say Eric, are you referring to Eric Glide? Yes, Eric Glide. I believe that if, if they would have went to his apartment and checked his apartment, they probably came up with evidence. You don't know what Brittany looks like to this day? No, I okay. sure don't. To this day, I don't. And when you had asked the them to come visit you, you said somebody actually did come talk to you briefly, I believe. Is that right? Yes, yes. I, I went to a, a interview room and, and talked to two detectives. Do you remember who they were? I have no clue, but I'm sure that they, they, they're the only two detectives up there. There was There's two detectives in LaGrange County Jail, and that would have been in July of uh, 20. July 2020? Yep. Okay. Do you know an Ashley Marie? No, Ashley's last name I is... Have, I have no clue who that is. Okay. She hung around JJ. Did you guys hang around each other? No, he didn't like me because I beat him up. Yeah, there's actually a police report. The Three Rivers Police Department was going to arrest me for beating him up. He uh, he uh, ran at me and tried to assault me, and I beat him up. And uh, and that's why he threw my name in there, too, I believe, is because he was mad about that. I, that's the only reason I could figure out why. And and also, uh, he had stayed with my cousin, Marty McWaters. And so I, I knew JJ, but he wasn't a friend of mine. And uh, we we just didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't match up together too well. Have you heard any of the rumors or theories surrounding, like, your name and how you've been pulled into this and just what's been said about what happened and what, what's transpired between you and, like, you know, Brittany? Has anybody ever shared that? Uh, I've, I've heard crazy crap, but nothing like, I just heard crazy crap. What, what is being said? Obviously there's the, the main story I hear is that something went down over at Don Hill's house. See, that's a, that's a lie too. And, and, uh, I, I wrote some notes down. Don Hill, I, I did stay at that house out on, uh, Fawn River. What, is, what was that, bro? Fawn River Road. Him and I had, had gotten an altercation also because he, uh, he had stole my cousin's phone and, and uh, tried to molest her, had her out in that house. So when she told me that him and I fell out, and that would have been the, uh, that would have been about the time that he got his pickup truck stolen. I don't know if you heard about that. No, tell me about it. Uh, I guess, I guess, uh, he, he lent somebody his truck to go get some drugs. Uh, they took off with his brand new pickup truck into Indiana. Anyway, we went to try to find his truck. When, when uh, a few days after that, him and I got an altercation. I, I never went back to that house, period, after that. Was there any... Because I've been told that you were at... Don Hill's house that you, you know, I've been told that you 
and Don Hill raped her, and, and she, I'd even received a sweater, I believe, that belonged to you, like a yellow sweater that even had, like, potentially blood on it, but that everything that had gone down between you and Brittany had Absolutely been, not. Absolutely not. Never. And you'd be willing to take Never. a polygraph if, if I let the I check? I sure would. I wish I wish I could take a polygraph test just to, to get it over with. You know what I mean? If I'm able so, to arrange that, are you willing to do it? Yes, I sure would. Okay. And and you know what? If you if you ask Eric Glide that same question, I bet you he wouldn't take one. <laughs> I think unfortunately, a lot of the people that are in the crosshairs of Britney's case also there's like also obviously some bad blood between the individuals like for example like you and JJ you and Eric Don Hill and the same goes for the other individuals in the case who have been pulled into this such as yourself so I've asked Clyde that question so I think that it's one thing for someone to say hey I'll, yeah I'll do it and then it's another thing for it to come and say okay sit in the chair and then do it right but I, I really would do it I have no problem because I have nothing to hide. I would right. never hurt anybody. And and if I knew something that somebody else did, I would sure tell on them. You know, I have empathy. Like I told you, I talked to the mother. I, I feel for her. Her and I ended up getting in an argument because she insisted that I knew something about it after, I don't know, a half hour of talking to her. And finally, she made me mad and, and I went off on her. But, uh, but I feel for that mother. You know, I, I, I sure felt for her. I couldn't help her. And this, this is very well plausible. I think uh, J.J. Fox, Eric Bly, Chuck Allen, they all hung out together, got high together. I, I, there, there might be some kind of cover-up right there. You know what I mean? You, you mentioned Chuck Allen's name being in, in, in the circle of hanging out with those guys or at least getting high with them. How do you, are you, like, how do you know that Chuck Allen was in that circle? We, there's a big drug circle down there. I'm sure you've heard about it. Uh, and and he was in that circle. J.J. Box was in that circle. Eric Light was in that circle. So you, you mentioned earlier, you said, I don't know how I can help. Maybe I can help. I think, if, you know, knowing the details of the case the way I know them, I think uh, one of the things that I definitely would like to know if you were able to pass along that information, maybe if that even gave you a second to, like, sit down and write down the names. Like, I'm not going after people who are providing drugs. I'm not going after people who sell drugs. I don't give a shit about that stuff. I, I care about yeah, who... Yeah. I what happened to this girl? So I'm looking at who she was buying from. I have a list of individuals. It's a short list, but I know some of the players in the area. Obviously, with your background, you might be able to add some names or provide. Like, I'm familiar with Brandon, but Russia, I don't know who that dude is. I would even be willing to, to let my Facebook out there so, so you can scrutinize it. You know what I mean? If we can I get... have nothing to hide, James. Nothing. You, and I would be very willing to help you. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And and obviously people, you know, I could I know who's willing to help and who isn't, you know, and uh I definitely will will make it, you know, set the record straight with it for those who are willing to speak up and set you know, set the record straight. Of course I I've talked to a lot of individuals involved in the case. Getting into the Facebook and all that stuff right now, if 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 Urgency-wise, isn't really pressing just because if I find out you have a background check and you're in jail, then diving into anything deeper is almost what's the relevancy here. Right. But I think I could help you, even though if, if you did the background check, seen I was in jail when this happened and what happened, I still think that I could add some light with you. Yeah, yeah, that's and what I'll I was... I'll be out of here in six months. 
Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'll be home in six months. Are you head? Okay, so you're gonna head back to? Yeah, I'll be in Michigan in six months. Okay. And I don't care if anybody in that town knows that that I help you. I think a lot of them are realizing that a lot of people actually are helping, and there's actually a select few who are not. You will commonly find out that most individuals, men, even women, like like having a missing child, especially for it to be a woman. I mean, it wasn't like Brittany was some kingpin and was out slaying people and is out. She has, she has kids. Right. Oh, she did have kids. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't know nothing about her. Uh, I've, I've never met her. I don't believe that I've ever seen her. I, I could have maybe, but I don't, I don't believe that I ever have. Another way that I might have got thrown in this with Miss Speak is uh, I was at Don Hill's house. And this chick had showed up. She was from Indiana. And she'd left her husband. Was, was Brittany married? She was. Oh, she was married. Okay, well, well listen to this then. Uh, I was at Don Hill's house. It was just before Antonio Sutton got arrested. A girl showed up from Indiana. There was uh, myself. Blackbeard, have you, have you heard of him? No. Okay, well, he was there. Quint. Have you heard of him? No. So what's the la- what's what was that last guy's name? Quint. Okay. He was there. Don Hill was there, and this girl showed up. Don Hill's house was was fixing to get raided, and and uh, the girl had left her husband and came over to that house. And I told her, I said, listen, you need to get out of here. I said, the police are going to raid this house. And I called Antonio Sutton and said, listen, come get me. Uh, I need to get up out of here. Uh, he came and got me. The girl was going to leave, but, but then she didn't. She stayed there. When I went back there a few days later, then they told me that girl went back to her husband in Indiana. Now, maybe that's the girl. I don't know. But... Do you remember the husband? No, I never seen the husband. They just said that she was married. Oh. And that she left her husband. So How old do you think this girl was? I don't know. She might have been thirty maybe. Anything, anything stick out about her looks? Any features? She had she had blonde brown hair. How long was so, the hair? Maybe to her shoulder. How tall was she? Five seven, so maybe five three, five four, something like that. Short girl then. Yeah, she was short, skinny, real skinny. Did you interact with her very much, or? I had, I had talked to her when she came there, and, and like I said, I told her you need to get out of here. The house is this house is going to get raided. What did she uh, say? And she was going to leave. I was I, Antonio and his wife were going to give uh, give us a ride about her. She was going to go with me, but then. Uh, they were all getting high in there, so she, she didn't want to leave when, when he came. So she stayed, I left. That was the last time I seen that girl. But that's how I had told Mystique about that. And that's how maybe I got brought into this too. So we have this individual who is there without her husband. She's left her husband. She's from Indiana. You're there. And you're kind of like, yo, you need, you need to kind of bail because this, this shit's about to go down, right? And Yeah. Does she, she's kind of like, all right, she, she wants to go, but does she have a vehicle to leave? Does she have her own ride? Does she... No, she, 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 I don't know how that girl got there. 
do not know how that girl got there, but she didn't have no vehicle on because she was going to ride with Antonio and me and his wife out of there. But then uh, she decided she wanted to get high more than stick around and get busted. Did the raid ever happen? No, no, it never did. But What made you think that the raid, the raid was going to happen? Because it was just so many people coming in out of that house and it was just like a... a, a a drug house, a crazy drug house. Just get feelings that the things are going to happen, and, and and I had that feeling that I didn't want to be around it. Do you know of any counterfeit money making going on over there? Yeah, yeah. They had, they had, uh, that was with body in the basement. The police had come in. Don Hill had uh, went to uh, the White Pigeon city police and told him that he was making counterfeit money in the basement. Don went and told locals that Bobby was making the counterfeit money in his basement? Don had wanted Bobby out of the house. He was staying in the basement. Bob wouldn't leave, so, so that's what Don did. He went to the police and told him that he was making counterfeit money in the basement. Did Bob sell drugs? And did Bobby sell drugs? Yeah, he was, he was involved. What kind of drugs he sell? Uh, everybody was just, it was a meth. It was just okay. meth, speed, ice. I believe Bobby was in jail when that, that happened also because he he ended up leaving the house, moving out. He, he wasn't around, but, but his brother Seth was staying in that house. When you guys, when you say that they were making this counterfeit money, I mean, what kind of big, how big of operation are we talking about here? Are we, is this like... It, it wasn't one. They, they were like printing $20 bills and, and changing uh, $5 bills for dollars. It was nothing, really. The police had actually busted James some of that money, and he tried to set Bob up and a bunch of crap. So the police were aware of that, most, most definitely. Do you know if he ever actually even was capable of using the money? I mean, it's one thing for us to, like, attempt at making it right, but it's another thing for you to actually... No, they they'd used it, uh little bits of it, you know what I mean? Just like if they would go to uh, purchase drugs and they would slip some of that money into uh, the drug dealer and save gotcha. money. Gotcha. Yeah, they use it. Okay. Anybody else there who was using Because I know one of the stories I have is that as soon as JJ and a couple other individuals who went to Don's house after Don had left, and I think he, when Don left, I don't know the, the reason why Don left and why he got out of town. If it was after just, Don went to Iowa? Yeah. That's what you're talking about? They, they didn't go to his house because they, uh, before Don left, they burnt that house. Well, that was, he, that's, he that's, the, that's what I was talking about, is that uh, they actually went to Don's house after it got, after they attempted to burn it. And, oh. and so the story goes is that JJ goes downstairs into Don Hill's basement and he basically knows in a picture frame that there's money, fake counterfeit money behind that picture. Uh, like they, where it's, they, said, uh, they said they went in and, and found uh, a few bills, but that's a lie. That's a lie. Anything JJ Fox says is a lie. You can believe that one. That guy is, is, is just a piece of shit. He's not too happy with me right now, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, ask a lot of questions, unfortunately. And if this, this, there's a girl who's missing. And so. Yeah, yeah. And, and I respect that of, of me, too. If you, if you had some, some, say it about me. The truth, truth is the truth.
Downhill's a bad guy. I'm not I'm not trying to sugarcoat nothing for that guy. He's a piece of shit too. But uh, he went to Iowa because he's an electrician. He had a job down there. He was on drugs in Michigan. And he was trying to get away from that. His dad was trying to get him away from it. So that's why he went to Iowa. So Don I, mean, I wasn't around him when that happened. Like I said, I got in a fight with him, told him. Because he... The reason we got in a fight is uh, he was so lazy, he wanted everybody to do things for him, and, and he just wanted to sit on his ass. And, and that's how him and I had got into it. Because I told him, finally, you know, get up your fat ass and do it yourself. And uh, him and, uh, Skip Johnson and I, Skip was with me. Walked out there, I'd never seen John again since that day. And you're talking about Don, because you see, you had mentioned what him, what his dad wanted him to get out of there and whatnot. So there's Don, and then doesn't Don have a son as well named Don? So you're yeah. so the Don Hill that you're referring to, I just wanna make sure I'm understanding this correctly. The relationship of Don Hill, is that with senior or you junior? You have one minute remaining. Hey, I, I, I can't call for another half an hour if you want me to call. You bet they're going to hang up on us in a minute. Yeah, yeah, if you're willing, we can wrap it up on the next call. So I know I don't want to keep having you have to get in line and whatnot. So we'll wrap it up on the next call if you're willing. Okay, I'm willing. I'll call you back. Awesome. Appreciate it, Todd. All right, James. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye. Like I said, you'll have to decide. While I'm moving pictures around on my suspect board, I take one of them off the board and place it on my desk. I sit back in my chair and stare at it. This guy is someone we haven't discussed much. Jessica brings his name to me and tells me this is someone I should speak with. I send him a message and he responds by telling me he doesn't know what he has to offer. I shoot my best shot. He doesn't budge. I reach back out to Jessica and tell her I took a shot at it, but no such luck. So, what the hell? I send an audio recording of Ashley claiming to have proof that this guy admits to being with Brittany the night of November 30th. Shortly after, he contacts Jessica and tells her, I'm trying to pin this entire thing on him and he wants nothing to do with it. There's radio silence for a month. Then one evening, I see a missed call. Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Yep, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Uh, <clears throat> how you doing, man? I'm all right. Thanks for calling me. I was shocked and surprised to see my phone that you were dialing away. Um, oh, yeah. Well, uh, someone I know, I don't know how the, he ended up with it, but he was with Ashley or whatever, and she tried to steal something. He's reaching out to me now because he says he has important information he wants to share with me. I'm all ears. But for now, 
I'll have to squash my curiosity and hope he comes through for the interview we set up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Oh my god, nigga, could be a little bitch. <laughs> What's up? So, what I want to do, man, is is I know <clears throat> when I messaged you, I wanted to just have a conversation about what what you know. Obviously, I knew that you had some sort of like romantic relationship with Brittany at one point in time. Um, yeah, when I first got out of prison. And I kind of just want to not necessarily dive into all that stuff. I kind of really want to honestly talk about the day that she goes missing, and that's the 30th. I've been told when she leaves Sheldon's that at some point throughout the day, she was hitting you up for dope. Yeah. Okay. And so we can dive into all of like your guys' history stuff and all that afterwards, but hit it on the nail did you see her that day dutchie and i are video chatting when i asked him if he saw britney on november 30th he shakes his head no okay so uh, tell me from your perspective like from your memory about what what happened that day on the well, 30th. It was easy. i had it on camera for like a year afterwards where i was at that whole night but i don't run those motels anymore and the camera system i got fucked up when we got fired Someone had broken and stole $1,500 worth of shit, but they took out my cameras first and then came in and took the DVR. But uh, she called me up. She wanted some, some drugs. I'm like, so I, I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, can I sell her some, some dope? And she said, fuck no, because she knew that when I got like, I was with my wife before I went to prison. Then she didn't really talk to me the whole time I was in prison. So when I got out, I was a little pet mad about it, and I started dating Brittany. I met her at my sister's house. So my wife was still a little butthurt about all that. And uh, so she told me no, and then told me to block her. So that's what I did. Huh. I mean, happy wife, happy life. Right, right, right. So she said block her. So how is she trying to contact you, like through phone, cell phone number or through an app? or? Uh, she had my phone number. Okay. When she called you, so you actually answered. Yeah. So you actually had a conversation with her on that day. Yeah, yeah, I talked to her. Did she call you like a number of times or was it just one time? Uh, That much I don't really remember. I know I talked to her once and I asked I could, you know, give her something. And she said no. And then I asked my wife if she wanted to give her something. I just wanted the money. And she's like, no, I'm not dealing with her ass. I mean, all right. So I told Brittany I couldn't do it. And then when I hung up, I blocked her. And then found out, I was like, a couple days later, that she was missing and shit. At the time Brittany disappeared, Dutchie says he was working at the Travel Inn and the Little Country Inn. He and his family also lived on the property. Proof of his whereabouts on the night Brittany disappears was all caught on video surveillance, according to him. But the surveillance videos are later stolen in a burglary. The history of an intimate relationship between Brittany and Dutchie seems like it may hold some weight in his relationship with his wife. 
So when Brittany calls Dutchie to purchase dope, his wife tells him it's a hard no, and she prefers that he block Brittany. When she called you, what time of the day was this? I, I don't remember. That was several years ago. Right. And I was still getting high then, so... So did you... I didn't really have a good sense of time. I was up all the time. So when she calls, she's asking for for some dope. How much is she asking for? And what, like, nothing out of ordinary? She never really hit me up for more than, like, a half gram or a gram. I mean, it was never much. Right. So it wasn't anything out of the ordinary or large amount? What's up? It wasn't, like, any kind of large amount. It was just regular amount? No. No, Okay. Yeah, no, just shit for her. She'd never hit me up for anything more than maybe a fall and that was when she was with uh cage daniel kentner whatever his name is yeah and even then that wouldn't let me sell him none you know what i mean and she was with daniel then that was well before the night she went up missing you know what yeah. i mean but from the time that she went missing and when you guys had been romantically together what was the time gap there i mean a couple years Oh, okay. So it had been, yeah, it had been a while then. Yeah, because I, I got back with... After me, me and Brittany broke up in 2017, the end of 2017, it was like August or something. But let's go back to the day that Brittany calls you. Had she been buying from you frequently or at that point, or had you not sold to her for a while because of the dynamics of the relationship with your wife? I mean, on occasion, I would... Most time I wouldn't sell it to her. i just look out for her, give her some. I mean, I'd have one somebody else I knew, like the neighbor guys most of the time, give it to her, or yeah. I'd send something for her, just looking out for you. I mean, she was still a friend, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still see her, her grandma was working at the uh, Golden Buddha still, so I saw her grandma all the time over there. Yeah. You know I mean, so still- on occasion I would, but she would vent to me about other little dumbass shit, and I'd tell her she's being stupid, because I don't like Cage, you know what I mean? I'd tell her, like... Bitch, you're dumb. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. If you had to guess at what time of the day she called you and was like <clears throat> looking for some? I think I think her mom had told me it was like 7.30-ish. Something like that. I don't know. Her mom had the phone record at one time. What, exactly what time she called me. Because um, her mom didn't know my actual name. Like, she knew me by Josh, and everyone calls me Dutch. So she was on the phone trying to cuss me out, not knowing it was me. And I'm like, bitch, what are you talking about, Jess? She's like, you don't know me? I'm like, yes, I did. And then she got to, like, snapping off on me, and I snapped off back and hung up on her. Then she found out a couple months later that it was me she was talking to, and she's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, you're fine, dude. You were pissing me off, though. Yeah. Like, because her grandma and them, because they asked her grandma and them if it was me out at the house with her that night. And her grandma and them said, no, we know Josh. It, 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 it wasn't him. Okay, so yeah, you you know grandma. Grandma knows you. You work alongside. I know her whole family. So anybody to kind of point the finger and say that it was you that night that was with her, they would not. I mean, obviously the family would recognize you. Right. Right. Obviously, I don't have blonde hair. You yeah. could tell. So yeah. By any means, blonde hair. Do you remember what your phone number was back then? Fuck no! I was using a text now number. Oh, you're using text now. Yeah, well, because we obviously I worked at the motel because I wasn't working nowhere else. 
My wife didn't want to pay for a phone for me. Her boss paid for her phone. And there's Wi-Fi all over the motel. And I didn't leave much. I mean, unless I was taking my kid to school or going disc golfing with my kid or one of my leagues or something. So there was really no point to pay for a phone. I've had a lot. This is the first time I've had a steady phone number since I was like 20. Yeah, I see one call to you. And do you, did you, I mean, if you had to guess how long you were on the phone for, how long do you think that would have been? Fuck if I know. Okay. Nothing more than probably five minutes. Most of the time when she'd call me, I'd go act like I was cleaning one of the rooms or something. Because she'd call me and she'd be freaking out about something. And I'd try and calm her down or some shit. It didn't mean I, I didn't want to still be a friend of Brittany. But obviously, the wife doesn't look like, doesn't look like, yo, that's your ex, bitch. You ain't talking yeah. to her. And I'm like, yeah. So, it doesn't matter if it was during that time or before or after. Like, Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Dutch shared something with me that piqued my interest. After his wife tells him that she doesn't want him selling to Brittany, Dutchie suggests that his wife make the sale to Brittany. He doesn't seem too concerned about a possible confrontation between them. Good intentions, bad idea. I was curious. Was Brittany attempting to make a purchase from Dutchie that was out of the ordinary for her? Something she didn't usually use, or an amount she didn't usually purchase. Dutchie doesn't recall her asking for anything more than what would have been typical for her. He tells me that even though he and Brittany ended their relationship in 2017, he still looked out for her. As far as he was concerned, she was still a friend. We're able to see the evidence of this in Brittany's Facebook messages. When he asked Brittany on December 9th, where's she at? And then on May 2nd, 2019, he writes, I wish you were around. I miss you, Brittany. Dutchie brings up the call history on Brittany's phone. You'll recall Christina McKeever telling us that she and Jessica visit Boost Mobile and are able to get a copy of Brittany's phone log. I've seen this call log, and unfortunately, the only documentation shown is the date and duration of outbound calls. There is no time and no log of incoming calls, though I can confirm that one of the last calls Brittany makes is to Dutchie. It was very brief. The call log shows the call lasting just one minute. This seems reasonable considering it was nearly four years ago. At this point, I've asked all the questions that I needed answers to, so I move on to the next subject. I play a recording for Dutchie that brings us back to August of 2021. Ethan and I are running on four hours of sleep. It's 80 degrees with 93% humidity. We have no clean clothes and no toiletries, thanks to United Airlines. Ethan, my videographer, Ashley, who we've just met 20 minutes ago, and myself are in the car. We're headed to pick up clothing and other necessities. And as I'm driving, Ashley shares stories from the passenger seat and Ethan films from the back seat opposite of Ashley. Ashley sits comfortably, with a hair tie wrapped around one hand, laughing and smiling. Ashley has one side of her long brown hair shaved, a Monroe piercing, and she's dressed for warm weather. She's sporting turquoise mirrored sunglasses, neon green nail polish, 
and she talks with her hands. She starts her story with the thoughts on Sheldon and a car accident he got into the April following Brittany's disappearance when he hits a herd of deer. That narrative seems to be a fleeting thought as she launches into a story about Dutchie. I've sent this clip to you before. Yeah, that clip from some chick or whatever. So that's, yeah, I'll play it. It's Ashley. I don't know if you can hear it, but let me know if you can hear it. Annihilated a family of deer, totaled his car. And I just remember thinking, how convenient. You're going to need in that lane, like, immediately. Um, That's all I think was, how convenient. Like, your car is gone now. It's totaled. It's it's gone, gone. They're never going to be able to go through it again. Did you see the car? About three weeks ago, I re- uh, restored one of my accounts. I screenshotted that shit. Two and a half years ago. Do you have it still? Yes, I, yeah. I just found him again, and I was actually looking at him last night with Kimmy, and, um, mm, so much shit just, like, came. It gives me goosebumps. It involves Dutchie, who admits to being with her that night, but has not told anybody. Dutchie is... Josh Vandervries. Wait. The one that had an... Uh, he died? No. No, he's not. He's not okay. He's the one that had a relationship with Darian that he told no one about. Who's Darian? Her sister in Alabama that wanted her dead. <laughs> who wanted... Who, wait, whose sister? Brittany's. Brittany's sister in Alabama who wanted her dead? Well, I mean, she said she deserves it. She hopes she was raped. Why would she? Da, da, da. Why, well, what's okay? What's the dynamics there? Um, her trip down, Brittany's trip down to Alabama, summer of eighteen, with Carrie, when she ended up sleeping with Darian's baby daddy. All right, let's pause there. Holy smokes! But this yeah, is granted, where this is where I'm gonna say to at the same time. If somebody was like adamant, like how much they did dislike somebody, and they also said, "I wish they were dead," and she no, what she deserved. I'm aware. You have to understand. I'm aware of all this shit. Okay, close. I don't have theories unless they. Are you drinking Mountain Dew? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right, Why? Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Okay. So Ashley says Dutchie admits to being with Brittany that night, referring to the night that she goes missing. Yeah, obviously I wasn't, so. And like, even back then, like I told Jessica, like I was on camera all night at my hotel. I ran the travel in and the little country in. Did any of the detectives ever reach out to you or, or talk to you about it? No. That's weird. No. And it's not like I was hard to find, so... Ashley claims to have restored one of her accounts where Dutchie admits to being with Brittany the night that she had disappeared, but hasn't told anyone. This is a strong statement. She's telling me he admits to being with Brittany the night she disappears. In that moment, I was thinking this may be a piece of information that could break the case open. 
But now that I've had the opportunity to speak to Dutchie months later, this doesn't seem like reliable information. Because they thought uh, that Jeffrey kid had something to do with it. And I told Daniel, I was like, I'll shut the cameras off if you want to come question the motherfucker. I'll shut the bitches down so he ain't get no trouble. Just because, just as much as anybody else, I want to, you know, I mean, I want to find out what the fuck happened too. Why do you, why do you think Ashley says that? I don't know. I've never even met the chick, so I have no idea. I have no idea who she is. You don't know who Ashley is? No. That was the first time I've ever even seen a picture of her. In this video? Yeah. So you never sold dope, you never bought dope, any business transactions, any nothing like that with Ashley, you've never even seen her? No. So then, so for Ashley to say this, she's like, Dutchie admits to, or has even admitted to being with Brittany that night. Like, she's... So you had cameras, but we don't have the recordings, but you used to have the recordings? Well, I mean, when we were still running the place, when the DVR was there, but one of the tenants, they went in there and he took the hard drive from the DVR, went back to the maintenance room, popped a hole in the water tank and went in there and stole $1,500 out of the money that we've had. And they did it while I was at a disc golf uh, league. I did a putting league on Monday nights. And my wife was scared to call the police because of my record. And like, I'm trying to tell her, like, call the police. Like, I had 20 people that could say I was in Three Rivers. Then, yeah. you know, and this was in how, and she didn't do it. And then the owner just couldn't figure out who was telling the truth and who wasn't. So he, I mean, essentially fired. Essentially, his silent partners said that they didn't know for sure who did it. So they had to not let us run the hotel room. But that wasn't in, that was in, what, beginning of 2019. Okay. So, but for, let's go back to Ashley real quick. That's, 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 that's insane. I mean, if you've actually never met, spoken to this girl? No. Like, that's, well, that's insane. I don't insane. even know that name. And Jessica's never brought her up to you? She has. Like, I don't know, like, she says, like, or something like that. But I don't know if that's her real last name or... If that's just a, a nickname or something like that, you know what I mean? I don't have no clue. I have no idea who she is. Like, I don't, especially from Sturgis, I don't know too many people. Like, I don't. We're going to, are you going to, I mean, to say Ashley has said, Dutchie, you, were with Brittany that night, complete lie. Yeah. Okay. You didn't see Brittany that night? No. I was at home with my wife all night. My wife will say that much. I mean, I, I was at home all night that night. We had our son there. Like, I can't tell you exactly what I did anymore that night. That was a while ago. You you had mentioned earlier that you had told Cage, "Hey, I'll bring you know, I'll turn the cameras off if you want to if we want to handle it this way." Getting Jeffrey over there. Yeah. What did you yeah. hear about Jeffrey and him being involved? It was just something Jessica and Daniel were saying. They were like. Something about he came back to the hotel, it was all bloody and shit. And I rewinded the cameras and looked, and I couldn't tell. You rewinded the cameras at your hotel on the 30th? The night of when that happened, because they said that someone told them he came back to my hotel bloody. 
So I rewound the cameras to look at it for him. Like, I didn't see a bunch of fucking blood on him and shit, you know what I mean? What time did it have him arriving back to the hotel? I couldn't tell you that much anymore. I really don't remember. Did Jeffrey do dealings with Ashley? I, I don't, I've only met Jeffrey a couple times and that was here recently. Was... I didn't talk to him when he was at the hotel. He was a kid. I mean, he was only like 17 or something, 16. Do you know Eric Shank? Eric Shank? Her husband? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like him. Do you know like, I've heard a lot of rumors about shit with him, but like I said, I've heard 50, 60 different theories on what could have or could not have happened or some shit like that, but one of them involved him. I try not to take too much into that type of shit, especially because I already don't like the guy. What's the reasoning for not liking him? He's just a bitch. Like, I just don't... He just run, would run his mouth and shit when me and Brady were together and shit. And before I went to prison, I didn't really put up with that type of shit. Like, someone run their mouth, I'd just come right to your house. Like, we can handle this right now or you can shut the fuck up. Yeah. But since I, since I did my, you know, that four years in prison, I've calmed my ass down a lot. Because I am not trying to go back. So, for Ashley to say, again, just back on this comment again, for her to say this, like... You can confidently say, I can guarantee you 100% it's not even possible. Brittany called, that was the extent of it. Whatever Ashley's saying, whatever she thinks that she has and she's found, it's fabricated or it's yeah, just complete no, lie. no fucking way. Like, I was at the hotel all night. Did you? Did you? Like, I, wish I, I wish there was a way I could still get at the, the camera footage and shit. Because then I, it'd be a lot easier to you know show than to just say. But... If if Brittany weren't buying from you, do you know who she would be buying from? Fuck no. She didn't call me too often for shit. Like, it would just be once. Like, I'd go four, five, six months without even hearing from her. It's not even like we talked all the time or nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just when she did call, if I was able to help out in any way, you know what I mean? I would. Just because yeah. I know Daniel's a dick. He'd do a bunch of dumb shit to her. Like, she's just had bad luck with dudes. Okay. And just because we weren't together doesn't mean I didn't still care for her. Right. I just was with my, I was with yeah. the chick I'd been with 2011. So, oh, you've been together for a minute. Yeah. Dutchie tells me he doesn't even know who Ashley is and has never met her. I'm puzzled. Ashley has so much information follows so many leads, jumps down so many rabbit holes, and told me Dutchie admitted to being with Brittany that night. But she's never met him, never talked to him. I don't know how to make sense of this, other than to say someone isn't being truthful. We hear Dutchie say he was told Jeffrey K. showed up at the motel the night Brittany disappeared, covered in blood. He reviews the surveillance footage, and says he sees Jeffrey show up, but says he doesn't see any blood on him. I asked Dutchie straight up if he saw Brittany on November 30th, 2018, and he maintains that he did not see her. It, it, it involves Dutchie, who admits to being with her that night, but has not told anybody. Dutchie is... Josh Van Vries. 
Okay, I cannot follow this fucking girl, dude. Like, I... I'm going where you told me to go, and I'm looking, and I'm, and I'm confronting the people you told me to look into. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do at this point. I, like... I don't know. Like, she's all over the place at times. Like, I can't keep her, like, in line. Like, I'm, I'm confronting these individuals, and they're like, they don't even know who she is. Like, I look like the fool by sending him stuff of her saying she has proof, and, I, and I'm, like, trying to corner him in a way, right? And trying to figure out if there's any truth to him seeing Brittany that day. For being so inserted into an investigation and being so involved, you haven't even talked to him or reached out. At least you, obviously he's saying he doesn't even know her. What the fuck, Ashley, dude? I'm, I got questions when we go back. Hey guys, so have a quick announcement. Sarah and I are working diligently on the case file and there's some more backstory to how I got my hands on this and uh, once you guys will understand the full story you'll understand why I'm going to need to take this four-week break because the case and Brittany's investigation and her disappearance obviously takes priority over everything this podcast does and I personally feel Considering how large this case file is, I feel it would be foolish of me to rush these episodes without taking a serious and hard look into Brittany's case file. I've been given the trust of St. Joe County by receiving this case file, and I plan on taking that very seriously. So, what you can expect is an episode next week on August 12th, part 2 of season 3, on September 9th. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hide and Seek. If you'd like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community, come interact with us. Share your thoughts, opinions, and theories in the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The Hide and Seek Podcast is hosted, produced, audio engineered, and directed by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Director of Photography and Editing is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson. <laughs>